This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. No, it's funny you play this, actually. Uh, 25 after 5, warm-up show till 6, Rascona in for uh, Eddie uh, playing the music. Only because I was sitting there looking up the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. I know it's not Beverly Hills, but uh, just how much fun they seem to be. And what what struck me is I knew Brandon Drury was on the team. I did not realize he's batting cleanup for them, which is fascinating when you think of Trout and Otani. Uh, that Brandon Drury is their cleanup hitter, but so be it. All right, 877-337-6666, segment we call Four Calls and Seven Years Ago. All right, four calls for you, and then a couple of headlines that make me smile, then Rascona in for the final segment uh, of the hour. First things first, Zach and Tom's River, you're first up on the warm-up show. What is up, Zach? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Good. I saw that traffic you were talking about. I got lucky and chose the Express instead of local. And it was still one lane in the shoulder for at least five, six miles. Oh, it's, and, and this is now. This is almost rush hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly my point. I, I'm feeling your pain, dude. I got lucky. I yeah. got lucky. I usually take, I appreciate it, Zach, for the, uh, for the update. I usually like to take the Express as well. Um, but when I get in, get on at my exit there, well, I guess I could have. Yeah, dummy. I did go local. I could have gone express. Now, it didn't slow me down too much because for me it was 3 o'clock in the morning. But right now, if that traffic is still out there, I tell you, the construction around here, too, is insane. Now, I sit there and say they should do it in the overnight, but they do it in the overnight. It obviously interrupts our commuting. But you do it during the day. My Lord. Rides that should take 30 minutes take an hour. And it sucks, especially when you kind of think where you're going is not that big of a deal. Like the parkway sometimes has terrible construction. This Pulaski, this is what I don't understand. Get to the calls one second. For like four years, maybe even five years, they were doing construction on the Pulaski Skyway to where it was basically one lane. Then you couldn't take it. Then it was closed. They were going all the way up to the, the Holland Tunnels closed. And it was just a mess getting to work. They finally opened the Pulaski Skyway. Looks nice, too. I got to tell you what they did. All the brand new rails, the pay. It looks great. You enjoyed it for maybe three months. And now every day there's construction on it again. Like, what did you do for the last five years that we have to go right back to it and start fixing things again? Frustrating. So frustrating. Here is Norman in Torrington, Connecticut. Norman, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, good morning to you. Uh, I just want to say I love Connecticut. I love going down to see the Yankees. But um, that traffic, though, in the city, it it is rough for you guys. Horrendous. for you guys every day. Yep, yep, it's Um, awful. It is, it is. Um, I I just want to say, you know what, people do pick on Aaron Boone um, when the Yankees are little slides and stuff. But they're doing pretty good. Um, You know, we don't know what's exactly going on with judge yet but the thing is is judge is one person okay it's just like you um working for the station they can't just depend on you they gotta depend on everybody else just like me where i work they can't just depend on me they gotta depend on everybody else it's a team effort 
And everybody says, well, a judge is out. It's hurting the team. You know what? You can't. It's a team. You can't depend on one player. You can't. You're not wrong about that. However, when a player is as good as he is, he gets paid what he gets paid to go out there and elevate a team, which is what he does. It's kind of like what Otani has done in Los Angeles. Otani is going to make in free agency. There are many, many estimates out there and projections that say Otani is going to get between 60 and $75 million a year. Now, I think that's absurd, but good for him. I mean, that's great. You're going to pay him as a DH. You're going to pay him as a starting pitcher. Now, I do not believe, I've said this a million times, I'll say it a million more, and I know you win with great pitching. I do understand that. But you can have all the great pitching in the world. If you can't score runs, the pitching don't mean a whole hell of a lot. I do not like paying starting pitchers $40 million a year. I just don't. You know, more times than not, it does not work out. It, it doesn't. You know, look at what the Mets are getting for their $80 million in Verlander and Scherzer. Not much. Not much. Because even when they do pitch well, if the lineup doesn't score, what good is it? Scherzer gave you last night six innings, two runs. Wasn't good enough. Why is that? Offense stinks. The offense can't score. What good is the starting pitching? And when the starting pitching's good, if your bullpen stinks, what good was the starting pitching? It really has to be, and I've said this a million times, I'll say this a million times more. Like, I understand how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Well aware. But when you spend a third of your salary cap on the quarterback and the team around it isn't good, it's a silly spend. It just is. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and you can make up for the warts that your team has. There are not many players, there are not many quarterbacks in the NFL that deserve to make what Patrick Mahomes make. Just don't. Maybe Joe Burrow, okay, I'll give you that. It's possible. But all these other guys that take up and eat up so much of the salary cap and then you're deficient in other areas? How many times have we seen a team, now this will be the Patrick Mahomes example, Peyton Manning was able to make up for crappy defenses. Now, not to the extent that he won that he should have, as much as he should have, because he didn't. But he did win. And he was able to make up for some deficiencies his teams did have. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do that. It is hard to have to go out there and put up 35, 40 points a week to outscore the opponent, because when you leave the field, you're winning, yet your defense can't stop a cold. It's very difficult. So I wish in baseball, I wish in football, I wish there was more... Layered spending and not so much top-heavy spending, if that makes any sense. You know, I understand you're going to have the haves and the have-nots, but the discrepancy shouldn't be as much as it is. It just shouldn't. Here's George in the Bronx. What's up, George? Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree with you 100%. Cool. I wanted to ask you a question about Scherzer, but quickly, don't drive yourself crazy over your pool. I wanted to call yesterday. I had the same problem. All right. Don't drain it. It's from the bottom because it stands. You get one of these guys that come to your house in full scuba gear. They squirt some uh, ink. It goes right to the hole. They patch it. You're done for like 150 bucks. All right. So here's the thing. All right. First of all, I did drain it already because oh. I had, well, the two reasons. Number one, I really wanted to find where the hole in the liner was. One, but two... We had this uh, this mustard algae that while the pool was clean, uh, was clear, it wasn't crystal clear, and, I, and you never got a chlorine level or a reading. So I figured, you know what? Let me just clear, um, 
drain it, scrub it, start over. So I did do that. That having been said, George, I drained it. There was nothing in the pool. Cleaned it with soap and water. The liner looks beautiful. I inspected this liner. Every square inch of it could not find anything. Nothing. I mean, looking for cuts, slices. There's nothing there. So very fr- And I tried the ink thing. Nothing happened. It basically dissipated into the pool. Wow. Yeah. And then quickly, if Scherzer is to move, I just want to hang up. Where do you think, if they want to haul for him, where do you think he'd go? And that- thank you. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That is a great question, George. I appreciate the call. Uh, I think we still have a couple more weeks to go before that is decided. Uh, I don't know the answer to that because the first thing you're going to look for, I think, is look for a team that's really stocked in the minor leagues to get back the best return that you can get. Some teams have better farm systems that others don't. You're not just going to send them to a contender. I mean, you could send them out just to save the money, I suppose, Uh, But I don't know that the Mets are all that concerned about that as much as you heard Steve Cohen. It's about building from ground up and within. I think if you're going to make a trade and if you're going to send Scherzer out of here, it would be for what you just said for the haul. Where can you get the best return? For that, I would have to look at teams' farm systems. That I'm not sure of as we sit here this morning. And James in North Arlington. Good morning, James. You are the fourth of our four callers this morning. What's going on? Oh, I am am so honored. I love calling a fan. And I tell you, you're going to love this, but I think we're going to the curse of Tom Seaver. I saw people have called over the years. <laughs> it seems, I know, I knew you like that. So I, it's, it's incredible that the Yankees are the Yankees. And even when they don't win, they win. But we want to go there right now because it's more about the curse of Tom Seaver. And, and this man is a multimillionaire, and it doesn't seem like. He's overcoming the curse. Let's hope not. But where, James, so, where was the where was the curse in 1986? Well, you gotta win sometimes. If they, they won twice, I'm no, sure. no, you actually you don't have to win sometimes. There are teams that never win. Yeah, I know Cleveland's never won, and well, there's no more Expos. But real quick, let's get to the curse of Joe Namath. <laughs> well, you're a curse guy, huh? <laughs> well, only because, in other words, there's franchises that 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 want, everybody wants to win. The Jets want to win, there's no doubt, and, and, and uh, obviously the Mets want to win, but it just seems like some teams are really stinking. I know you're very big on that because, uh, I mean, I, I love your attitude, uh, and I know the way they play you because you're really a good guy, but listen, it, it's better to seem like, you know, whereas negativity always sells, even though people like positivity. And, and, and let's, let's hope that the curse of Joe Davis can be overcome, but I have a lot of doubts, and you just said re- the reason why, because it's a team sport, and I'm not sure right now if, if, if the Jets have all the things in place other than, uh, it's okay quarterback, he's only won one Super Bowl, he's not, and we know who No, 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 James, he is, he is an out, he's unbelievable actually, and with this team, I will be stunned if the Jets don't have a monster season. He's won MVPs, yes, only one Super Bowl, I understand that, um, but to me, there's a lot there into what I just said. 
Sometimes Aaron Rodgers can't go out and outscore the other team if your defense stinks. And in Green Bay, they didn't have all the pieces of a complete team. I do believe that. Um, To your point about the curses, here's my issue with that. Number one, I don't believe in them. That's one. Two, the Boston Red Sox won three World Series. Three. If you ever thought there was a curse, the Red Sox had it. They won three World Series. The Cubs won the World Series. Right? So where'd those curses go? Did we have, who's the guy from uh, Major League? What was his name? Which guy? There's a bunch of them. That did the, that <laughs> used to do the, the Oh, curses. Pedro Serrano. Pedro, right. Did that, is that what the Cubs and the Red Sox did? They got him in and they had the sacrifices and they got rid of the curse? Come on. It's about having good players and it's about winning. The Mets in 2015 got hot, had good players after the trade deadline, they made it to the World Series. They won the pennant. I know they didn't win the World Series. They were in the World Series. It's not like this team is allergic to winning. They've been in the postseason, not nearly enough, but it's not like they have been the dregs of baseball for the last four decades. They won the World Series in 86. They had a run in the mid to late 80s. Should have been better. They did get one. Not all teams can say that. You know, Cleveland had a good run there with Terry Francona. Did they ever win the World Series? So just because you're good enough to get there doesn't mean you're going to get there. The Mets did at least once. There are many people, believe it or not, that will live their lifetime and never see a World Series. I'm sure some young Met fans feel that way right now. You've got the owner in place, and he's doing it the right way. I'm telling you, sometimes patience, while they say is a virtue, is also the hardest thing to deal with because I do believe his vision is the right one. He tried to win early by going out and signing a couple of big names. He locked up Lindor. He got Scherzer. He got Verlander. Yes, they lost DeGrom, and as it turned out, you feel bad for Jake, but as it turned out, you wouldn't have got much from him this year anyway. So you look back. He tried to do what he could do with the way the checkbook would allow him to do it to try and win. Hasn't worked. Now, I'm also not going to see be 100% absolute that the season's over. I don't go that way until we get to September. I don't. I've seen too many goofy things in baseball over the last 10 years to sit there and write anybody off on June 30th. Not likely. I'm not expecting it, but I'm not writing anybody off either yet. Point is, what Steve Cohen wants to do is have a farm system that is going to provide talent year after year after year so that they can be a perennial great team with an opportunity to win every year. It takes time, but I do believe the vision is right. If you just hang in a little while and don't have this the sky is falling attitude all the time. It's fine this year. I get it. I do. But I do think what's on the horizon for Met fans is going to be something great because you've got the right owner in place. I'm expecting Yankee type runs. And no, the Yankees haven't won since 2009, but damn it, they're good every single year. And every single year they're in the playoffs and every single year they've got an opportunity to go to the World Series. I do believe that that is coming for the Mets under this owner. 538. It is the warm-up show till 6. Rascona in next. And boy, oh boy, do I have some headlines to read him that I can't wait for. And we'll talk about the baseball as well. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan.